you don't want to deviate at all. You don't want to take that risk because you're afraid, because God is all right next door. No kid's going to take the cookie when you're right there in the kitchen. The issue is when you walk from, away from the kitchen and the kid does something and you know whether you made it or not made it. You said, you said don't do this. And the kid does it, you didn't make it yet. The kid doesn't do it, and then you go further and further, and then you tell the child, I'm going to be away for, uh, for a whole day, and don't take the cookie. And then you wait, then you tell the kid, I'm going on vacation, and I don't want anything that's inappropriate happening in my house, and I'm on vacation two weeks. And I'm not going to know what you do or don't do. That's the truth. That's the truth. Exactly. That's the truth. Exactly. So, uh, Hashem is really telling Abraham and all these other religious models that to walk before implies God's confidence in you to do the right thing, and by, and your confidence in yourself to do that which He wants you to do. Now, there's no there's no terrain, there's no path any longer, and God's not holding your hand. You're on your own. But God's saying to you, do it. You can do it. Hashem tells Abraham, walk before me. Go out to the world. And choose what's right. Of course, do what's right. God's going to do what's wrong. Do what's right. But walk out there. I'm not going to be with you. I'm behind you. So you can't rely on me. I'm no longer holding your hand. But this religious model seems to be the superior one to walking with. Now. Except that, I mean, I, I, I hear what you're saying. I, I think that... that Maybe the sort of rabbinical course to all that hasn't necessarily moved in that direction. Because the, the double and the triple fences that are suggest walking with God and not before God. Yeah, that could have happened in in light of the diaspora, in light of living in a unculpable we can't cope, an unculpable world. In diaspora, the rabbis who had to deal with a re with a reality which was so alien to them, to us, that they had to build up these other fences. Analogous to the child who is not yet ready to go to the Orient. He's 15 years old. He wants to go. You say, not only not giving you a plane ticket, I'm tearing up your credit card. That's a double trouble fence because uh, because the world at that point, when the rabbis established all these principles, they're saying the people are exiled. There's there's no nothing. There's no security out there. And we know that we have not yet done the job of training them properly. So what do you do? You build a fence around your backyard. <laughs> See, don't you think it ended up clouding the whole issue today? Yeah. I mean, uh, yes, uh, yes, I understand the reasons why they were created, but then they become halakha, or maybe they don't become halakha, and then it clouds right. the, the community's view of whether yeah. they should walk with God or before God. I, I agree and then we end up walking with God, and maybe we sort of go moving the wrong direction, taking the wrong road. Yeah, that could be. And you may lose the the forest of the trees. Right. You may lose the original what God wants. Right. That's true. But again, on the other hand, it, it's we, we, we've lived for 2,000 years in such unhospitable <coughs> conditions. Because even when you lived in, say, in a particular town for, for 200 years, two days later you might be thrown out and may be devastated you're in a new town. So that's the equivalent to, let's say, again, a parent and a child even if the child is 21 years old, let's say 21 years old and there's no rootedness, no stability in the family. Because what happens all of a sudden, you are taken, you have to keep on moving. So every new move means new reality. It's a new world. So what do you do? Do you tell the child, now you can play in traffic? Not, no, why not? Because maybe he doesn't yet <clears throat> know the parameters of, of, of an ocean parkway as opposed to a deal road. As opposed to, let's say, uh, some back, back road on uh, someplace else. So every new reality is, is new challenges. Now, of course, the ideal point would be is that if we really taught our kids the principles 
of right and wrong, or if the rabbis are really confident that everybody has the right pathway, everybody has the right sense to choose. Once you get your head across the street properly, even if it's a backward film, look both ways and, and do everything that you have to do and wait and don't want to do you know, anything else, then you can cross any street. Right? All of us cross any street in the world, right? Although it's true that if you go to the audience, they may have <coughs> something called jug candles, what we have over here. Now, when you talk to a person from Brooklyn, you tell me it's a jug candle. What's a jug candle? You got, you got to watch four times, right? <coughs> because that's something new. So you have to be really extra careful when we talk about jug handles, because it's a new deviation. And even if you go to, say, the orange, well, they may have a different system. You know, where it says red, it may mean go. You don't know. So there are always new challenges out there that even with the best trained of children to cross the streets, you still have to tell them, look, at a certain point, you're on your own. That's true. But you still have to caution them, and, you know, and, and the rabbis, to a great degree, are still concerned, as you're saying, that we're not really fully secure that we are <clears throat> where we have to be. And the proof in the pudding is that 40% of American Jewry is assimilating and intermarrying, and it's worse than that in other places. Sorry? It's even higher than that. Yeah, it's even higher. So, well, the 40% have no awareness that they're Jews. They're not affiliated with any Jewish synagogue, JCC, anything. They're not even on the rolls. And beyond that, you have the 50% intermarriage and everything else that people just not connected. So the rabbis would tend to do what? Tend to, to, to those kids who are still in the, in the courtyard of building a higher fence, because you're afraid you lose those the way you lost the other kids who played in traffic and didn't make it. Yeah, but this, it's quite interesting to know instead of sitting in the courtyard with the fence is really high. That's Good. The so the answer, saying. you're right, you're absolutely, the answer is, is that you really have to do both. The rabbi that is really aware, because you may smother the kids in the courtyard. Because if your kid is only in the courtyard, then what? Yeah, they won't, they won't be able to cope either. So the answer really is that, is the analogy is that, yes, you have to sometimes build your fences, but you've got to push them out and out and out. You don't you build the fence around your immediate backyard, but at a certain point, build another fence, but you push it 20 feet out, and then 50 feet out, 100 feet out. Imagine the child you incorporate. We are, we really are. So the answer would be, to, to the answer is to have both. Because if, if I only taught people, for example, and said, never leave, the, never leave the community, don't go to the yard, don't go any place, just stay right over here. So what have I accomplished? Nothing, because I got to be able to go out anyway. The answer is that when you go out, make sure that you're ready for it, know what the challenges are, take your tefillin with you, take your sidur with you, and everything else. You have to teach the person to cope with the reality out there. One, 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 I'm sorry, uh, one rabbinical friend of mine from the extreme right wing, Right wing. That, was that why you? But how well, you talk from why you? But he's from the right wing. Why you? He gave a series of classes. Is what to eat in non kosher restaurant. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have the guts to do that in this community. I would not. <laughs> <laughs> right. But that, why is that? This guy. Where would he? Why? Because the reality is the people are going to be out there. Right. So you're going to go to the orange. You're going to go wherever you're going to go. There's going to be non kosher. You're going to eat there. So he, he went through all the. I'm sorry. What do you mean? You have to. You have to go to the Orient. 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 We know you're going to eat. That's the reality. Well, that's the reality. Yeah. Well, let's do it right rather than do it wrong. Mm -hmm. He may have said, that, look, right, do it bad. He may have said, go to the pizza store. They owe you on it. Okay, that's good. 
Well, that's, okay, but that's the easy way. Right, he may have started that way. I don't know, maybe he started that way. But then he went beyond that and said, look, those of you who are in Des Moines, Iowa, or in Boise, Idaho, where are you going to be on business, whatever it is, now what should you do? You have to decide what's rational. So now, besides the obvious but thing... I feel like it's giving, he's making it allowable. Yeah. He is, but he's, but he's, he's within Halakha. Wait, he's within Halakha. Nobody is assuming of that he did anything that deviates from Halakha. He's telling you exactly what you could do, what you can't do. He may have raised issues. I, was, I wasn't that serious. We may have said, you cannot, for example, uh, use their ceramic plates. Or he may have said something like, that once they've, co once they've put their, the, the fork in the boiling hot water, that's kosher. So you could use the boiling hot fork. But you can't let him trust him. He went through, he wanted to non-kosher restaurants, apparently. And he went through all and check this, this is what people do, this is what they do. They chop their lettuce, you can eat with the same knife, they're going to chop their ham and eggs. Right? You understand that? So then you can't do it. In that case. Or he may have told you, you, you want to eat that Do this. And do this, do this. Whatever the parameters may have been. So saying is that's a good rabbi, but because whereas it sounds the certain numbers will react to that publicly proclaimed classes, you're giving in and you're you're, you're sanctioning something that's wrong. I understand that perspective. He's saying, I know my Baalei Batim are going out, and I want to do within Halakha, what could you do? Could you have a cup of coffee and chocolate nuts? Raise that question. Can I use that spoon to sugar, to sugar and stir? Can I what can I assume or can I not assume in a non-kosher restaurant? Right? It's easy if you live in New York and you work on 37th Street, you have 12 places within a block radius. But now if you're in Des Moines, Iowa, what do I do? The problem is they don't survive because nobody goes to the source and we have. That's the problem. So yeah, but he doesn't support that. Okay, so my point over here is is that at least point is well taken. It's true that in the last two thousand years, perhaps too many rules have been have been raised, but we understand the dynamics of why it was. And the answer really is is that if you're losing if you're losing your people, then don't build higher walls. The answer is build different kinds of walls. Maybe now build build permeable walls, walls that you could see through. And and just to be able to negotiate what's right. You know, what happens, all of this that we have studied is to to really shed light on this least famous person called Hanoch. And the parameters that we're talking about are very clear now. No, was Hanoch an absolutely righteous person? Not really. Not really. Right. The model that he had is that he walked with God, which is positive. It's not negative, it's positive, but it could not leave, it could not leave where he was on his own. Therefore, what happens over here is Enano. Enano means, if you look at Pesach 25, back to our original page, which is page 29, Noah walked with God and he was not. Enano. He was not there any longer. God took him. Why did God take him? Exactly. That's exactly the model that we have over here. That God took him before he deviated. Because who deviated? Noah deviated. Had it said that Hanok walked in front of God, then God would have had the confidence in him and he in himself to continue and live the full normal life. But he lived for 300 years, and that's a long time to deviate. No, we don't know what years means in that context. We discussed, we don't know what years means in that context. It could be, uh, be half years, it could be yeah. third years, we don't know what it means. Whatever it was, to walk with God is a praiseworthy characteristic. It is a praiseworthy characteristic. Noah did it. And it could involve all kinds of wonderful religious practices. But he did it because God was right next door to him. And that's good. That's good. It's not terrible. It's good to have a sense of God. And you never deviate because God's right. You don't, you don't do one thing different. 
We always do that. But it's not comparable to Abraham who always walked before God. In whom God had confidence, and Abraham had his own confidence in order to, to discover. The truly religious personality is the one who walks in front of God. The one who's able to have that sense of right and wrongness that he's not going to deviate. He knows where he is. And God says it's good to walk in front of me, and we know it's good to walk in front of God. Noah is good, but not the best. Hanok had to be taken. Why did he have to be taken? Because he didn't have that inner security and confidence, and he would have deviated, as Noah deviated. Yeah. Let's be compared to saying that you can do something just because Hashem said it, or because you were right. Yeah, but that does not help me for other areas. What you should, what one should do is be able to understand God's system so well that when you confront with a new situation, that you, you know what's right. Because it, it flows from above. Maybe a good analogy might be, let's say this is the famous case that's brought up in Yeshiva all the time. What happens if you see a woman, you know, uh, in great difficulty, right? And you're taught not to touch women, right? Now, if you're in Noah, what are you going to do? And she drowns, right? Because you're, you're taught don't touch women. But what's what's the if you understand what God, why God says don't touch women, and what's the idea behind it, and the value of human life above and beyond touching women? Right? Then you realize, so what are you going to say? Of course I'm going to touch her because I want to save her life. Her life is more important than me touching her. So Don't we have all these interpretations from the rabbi? You never think like, oh, we'll just take it from you. No, but James, you may not have a rabbi at that point. So now, who do you want? Who do you want when you are swimming in the ocean and then the, where the tide will come? Who do you want? The Noah or the Abraham? We're looking for Hashem. We're not going to feel the other It is. Hashem tells you, walk before me. It is. It is. And maybe not every personality should in fact be doing that. Maybe one has to know oneself best and know that I'm only a Noah personality. I can work with God. I can't deviate. So I'm not going to go to the Orient. Let's send my kid to the Orient. Don't go to the Orient. And so I'm going to work right here. I'm not going to do A lot of people are that way. And they want to know I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm not trying to wrong. The question how am I raising my kid is an interesting question. You, know, you challenge me because that's, that's where you put your... Where you're, you're where you're I'm just telling people not to well, live. I was respectfully yeah. waiting, so sorry. Okay. Maybe there's a development of the personality of men. We mm -hmm. start off with Adam, who actually, you say, don't touch, he touches, and he pulls like a child, like a two-year-old. And then Noah, who doesn't, who sort of holds back because the parents holding his hand. Right next door. And then the more mature adult, yeah, yeah, exactly. adult who can walk on his own and actually know what's going on. Okay, that's good. I buy that. And but what's the what's the religious ideal is Abraham. But on the other hand, maybe not everybody could be an Abraham. Not everybody should be going to work. More people work with God people. They have to work with God people. So why does he have to die? Does anyone have to die then? Not have to die, but Enano means he did him a favor. Enano means that he lived his life and before he could deviate according to his interpretation at all. And we didn't study the word Enano. And is this a negative? Is dying a negative? I was going to move on the time now. There's only one other person who's somewhat analogous to this. Who's analogous to this innovation? <coughs> <coughs> who just vanished? Who vanished, right. Yeah. In, if you want to read on your weapon, it comes next week, but if you want to do it on your own, it's Kings 2, Melachim Bet, Perek Bet. It's a fascinating context. All of a sudden, in Enum. The term is not used there. 
but it's not a negative context. It's simply saying that it's a favor to the person, that he was going to, according to the system of interpretation, he was going to deviate as Noah deviated, and an animal. No, we don't know the whole entire. No, no. Then, then the end of his life would have said, I would say, by God, and Noah ultimately went that stage, looking with God to in front of God, which doesn't. He deviated. So I'm not saying it's negative at all. It's at, at the point, rather than by rather than dying, as everybody else dies in the context of this, well, he vanishes. In him, he's no longer there. God takes him. Positive characterization of death, very positive. And this is what makes him a, a great person, a, you know, a small great person. Yeah, exactly. It's well, well phrased. He's a, he's a relatively great person. Right. Not to denigrate him, not to denigrate him at all. But he could not sustain, not have the inner strength to walk before God. Thank you. Why wouldn't you I don't think you ever know why God chooses to intervene at one point and why not. So that one has to be somewhat humble. Maybe I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Oh, okay. So what you're yeah, saying is that... No, yeah. uh, a good point. No, I said that the point may be is that maybe that Noah, the, the, the temp was, he had the ball, take it and run. And Noah dropped it. And Noah could not even run with it. So perhaps that's, that, that's why. In other words, at this point... Elohim says, in Anna, this man cannot make it. And yet, he's such a righteous person, why let him stumble? I know that, why not? And again, he's the only person about whom this is said. The only person, so he's really a unique religious model. He's unique. And only in four verses. But I would think that's that's analogous, uh, that, uh, I think that was on target, in that Noah was given more responsibility. And he didn't handle it. He, he was sent to the Orient. Noah was sent to the Orient, and he fell. If the parent thought that it's okay. And he blew the call. And Noah serves as a negative model that we should learn from as well as the positive of, of, um, of his positive things. And these, again, are, are various biblical models about what's the right form of religious behavior. Okay, so with this, we conclude Hanoch. We understand a lot more than we did when we started, right? We know why he's the least known person. Nobody studies these people. Next week, we'll start somebody else, and I'll tell you who it is. So I'm going to tell you where to find her. Please for, um, look up Huldan Hanibiyah. Head Vav Lamed. You never heard of her, obviously. <laughs> That's how I was <laughs> but, but, it, but you shouldn't have had to find her if you want to find her. Huldan Hanibiyah, we're going to have another least known biblical personality. Huldan. Yeah, H-L-D-A. Hold on. 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 H